Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day. Um, it's about to be Martin Luther King Day tomorrow, and because it's Martin Luther King Day, I'm here with my grandma Nora. Welcome to Just Listen Understand, Grandma Nora. Introduce yourself. Yes. Just, just say something. I'm Eleanor Barry. Okay. And talk about your time during the civil rights movement, segregation, all of that, growing up. Well, around that time. When we went to school, we had all black schools. And as Robert said, in the ninth grade, that's when they integrated the schools. Mm-hmm. But you But didn't... before, mm-hmm. we was integrated. No, I was never integrated. Mm-hmm. They, uh, we got all the hand-me-down books after the white students had read them and tore them up, then we got them. The government had money set aside so that we could get books. Mm-hmm. But the white people over the department chose not to buy us any new books. So we didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And we did not have a public library we could go to. The only library we had was what the teachers provided in the school system. And that's all we had. And as for lunch and eating, very few establishments would let you eat. And the ones that did, you had to go in the back door to get your food and keep moving because you didn't have any chairs to sit down on. Mm -hmm. And Uh, how did that make you feel growing up during that time, that you weren't equal towards white people? It just made you feel terrible. Like you was, you wasn't recognized at all. Mm -hmm. You were just there. And so, Water fountains, we had a sign up, white, black. They were side by side, but you knew which one was yours. So let's just say if you're a black person and you try to drink out the white white water fountain, what would happen? You got in trouble. You might go to jail because you could read and you knew that wasn't your water. And for how long would you be in jail? Do you know? Huh? Maybe a day or two until they thought you learned your lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can you just tell me the stories that you encountered growing up during that period of segregation? Yes. They had a butcher shop. Mm-hmm. And we bought meat every weekend from that butcher shop. Mm-hmm. And my daddy would go up there, and when he'd come back, he had, his meat was kind of dark, you know. And that's what we had, especially stew beef. He liked the beef. Mm-hmm. And I went up to buy the meat one Saturday. Yeah. And I looked in the counter, and I saw he had two kinds of stew beef. One dog and one light. Yeah. And so 
I was always real messy. My daddy said if I'd have been black, they'd lynch me because I don't. You are black. A male. Oh, okay. You were a black man. They would have lynched you. That's what they was doing back then. Yeah. And so I looked at the beef, and I told her, man, I don't want that. I want this light colored beef over here, because I knew it was fresh. And he said, no, you can't have that. And I was in line. And I noticed every time a black person would go, they'd go to that dark tray and give them the beef. And when a white person would come, they'd go to that light tray and give them some beef. So he went, I said, no, I don't want that dark beef over there. I want the one in the light tray. And he said, well, you can't have that. I said, well, I won't take nothing. I got out, I went home, and my daddy said, where's the beef? I said, well, I didn't get it. Uh, he said, but why? I said, he tried to give it, <coughs> excuse me, that beef. Bless you. Uh -huh. Out of that dark tray. And I told him I wasn't going to have it. Yeah. So my daddy gave me my lecture and told me, you're going back and you're going to beat that stupid. So I was crying. And it was uptown where the stores are. Mm -hmm. And we lived, you know where Mr. Murphy lived? Yes. A couple blocks from uptown. So I cried all the way uptown. Mm -hmm. And I got in the store. And Mr. Beaver, he was my neighbor over in the white section. He owned the whole establishment. And the man said, what do you want? I didn't say nothing at first. And he was looking through the back window at me all the time, and I was just boohooing and crying. And he said, what is it you want? He come out there and asked me. And I said, I want the beef out of that thing. I don't want that over there. Uh, he looked at the man and said, give it to her. That's what she wants. So I got to meet. Look at you fighting the power. And I went on back home. Mm -hmm. And my daddy took one look and said, oh, my goodness. How did you manage to get this meat? I said, Mr. Beaver, come around. And he saw me crying. I didn't want it, and he gave it to me. And guess what? From then on till I got grown, I had to buy the beef. Because if anybody in my family went, they got that black, they are too old. Yeah. And I would always, they recognized me. And the man would look back over the counter and Mr. Beaver would nod his head. And I got good fresh beef. I was the only one in the whole neighborhood that got a whole, you That's know, good. beef. 
and that's that's a good story. So, have you ever like witnessed um, somebody get lynched? No, to... that was before my time, but it did happen. But it, I saw where it happened, but that was before my time. Where did it happen? Well, I can't tell you exactly. It's down there off the highway. Oh. Mm hmm But and we had is... a hard time. Like Robert said, mm -hmm. when he went to the white school. Mm -hmm. Robert is my um, uncle, by the way. Continue. Yeah, Robert's your uncle. Mm -hmm. Now he can be in on that because a lot of the teachers did not want to teach him. And I got a good example. You're in the paper now, he's dead. Yeah. And I told Robert about him. He was so prejudiced. Mm -hmm. And he said he was a teacher. They knew my nickname from living in the island. Toodles, you got to realize it's hard for someone been facing white students all this many years to look out and see black faces. I say, well, you can teach them the same as you teach the white. And if your records not telling you that, then you need to get your stuff together and get out mm -hmm. because you're hurting them. Yeah. And he just died. He's pitching these people. And Robert said, I didn't realize he was 94. I said, I knew he was. Mm -hmm. The devil was taking care of him. And when uh, Danny, he Danny was. Danny is my dad. Yeah. He was in an integrated school all his life. Mm -hmm. And he had a teacher. Mm -hmm. She definitely did not like black people. She make fun, call them monkey, you know. Oh, not okay. And, mm -hmm. and Snooky taught over there, your aunt, Bernie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She taught over there too. And Danny would come home upset and say what she cared on, how she did, you know. I got enough of it. I went out there and asked the janitor which car was hers. And he told me. So then I walked out to her car and waited on school to get out. And I told her. In fact, I wrote her some new rules. And she didn't like it much. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. Our first integrated, I mean, private white school has just opened. Mm -hmm. And I suggest you go up there and apply for a job. Because you're doing a disservice down here to these black children. And we won't put up with it. Yeah. And so... Knowledge is power. Don't forever, don't ever forget that, y'all. Yeah, power. And so she took my advice, but she went and told the principal that I had talked to her. Well, I wouldn't do it in her classroom. I wouldn't embarrass anyone. I waited at her car. And so the next year, she did. She applied and went to the white school to work. Cause I told her, I said, "You in the wrong league." in an integrated school with your 
attitude that you have. And um, also, another question I was going to ask, growing up during those times, um, what was it, how did you feel as a black woman? Did you ever feel like you were going to succeed before during segregation? Because they yes. say a black woman is the most unprotected woman. Malcolm X said that. But as my daddy said earlier, I never truly accepted that I was any different mm -hmm. from white or black. Yeah. And that's what was so dangerous during those days for black males. And I had that attitude. Yeah. So I got to be a convener. You don't know what that is, but it's a head overseer. Yeah. And one of the meals that we had, the only black that they ever had. Mm -hmm. And we had a test to take. Yeah. And I took that test and I qualified. I told Rob, I said, I will not get the job mm -hmm. because. Rob is my late grandfather. Because <laughs> I am the only black in a class of 20. Mm -hmm. But I had a very fair teacher. And she told me, out of all the tests, you qualify in the highest, the job is yours. Mm -hmm. But everyone in the whole ship and everything was against it because mm -hmm. they never had black before. And I had a hard time proving to them I had a pencil and a pad. Mm -hmm. And they had to work on machinery. And they did not like it because they were used to blacks doing the work. And they look on. And I was the one looking on. Mm -hmm. And they had to do the work. And I kept that job till Danny came along. Yeah. And they begged me and wrote me and wanted me to come back. But Pop, the granddaddy, yeah. worked to one at night. And he was too tired when he got in in the morning mm -hmm. to take care of them. Yeah. And so one o'clock at night when he got in was too late. So I had to quit the job on the kind of that. But this praised me and wrote me letters and told me out of all the help they had had, mm -hmm. I was the only black. They had no problems with me because when they would talk to me, I would tell them in no uncertain terms, I'm not going to put my hands on you. And I hope you know better than to put yours on me. And um, how do you feel, since we're going through this in America, about police brutality and black men? How does that make you feel in the whole Black Lives Matter movement? How does that make you feel? It makes me feel that we are blacks. Mm -hmm have come a long ways. But it's so many of us still 
do not understand. Most of our young black do not want to get education, do not want to work for minimum wage like we had to do. And they all want to be president of the company. They want to go in on the top jobs, not knowing anything. They have schools now, commercial schools, for you to learn mm-hmm. on how to advance yourself. Yeah. They don't want to go to that. They drop out of high school, and then they get in dope, and they're killing murdering each other because of their own misery in life. They're taking it out on others. And that's where we are. We say black lives doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, the ones walking the street saying that mm-hmm. is not the ones out here trying to get an education or Get a job. The, I mean, the ones who are saying Black Lives Matter, they are educated. Some of them. Some of them are educated and trying to Some get a job. Some of them are activists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have to disagree. You know, I'm just saying we can't we can't generalize at all. Oh no, I'm not general. I say some of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like you. You're going to school to yeah. better yourself. Mm-hmm. But you will run into a lot of them. I want to hook you up on what you should do and what you should know. Mm-hmm. And they don't know themselves where they are. Yeah. But they're trying to tell you what to do. You have to catch your own star and let it lead you how far mm-hmm. you can go. Yeah. And not listen on the right, not listen on the left. Do what is going to be best for you. And if you live like that and put God in the make, mm-hmm. you will succeed. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. And mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted to talk about this because my grandmother's very wise, 86-year-old black woman living her best life. Okay. And I really appreciate you for the wisdom that you give me. Okay. And I'm going to end this. Thank you for listening to Just Listen Understand. This is No Chill Nyla and my grandma Nora. Say Thank you. Yeah.